0: Talk. I'm talking about ethics. You you packed it and packaged it and slapped it on a plastic lunchbox and now sell it, sell it well. The same. <laughs> I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. They'll soon be back and in greater numbers. Any friend
1: of Olive's, friend of our daughter
0: I am really close on this one. Really, really
1: close. Let's watch my favorite part again.
0: Shall we? Hello, I'm Daniel.
1: And I'm Amanda.
0: And this is Scenes from a Marriage, a movie podcast where we, as a married couple, watch movies and talk about them. Giving our unique perspectives. So this is our second episode. So if you listened to the first one, thanks for coming back. And if you're just joining us, then hopefully we are still in the process of figuring out exactly what this podcast is going to look like. Mm. For last week, we... Did a monster movie double bill. And this week we did a... Chick flick. Chick flick, that's right. Chick flick double bill. And so we're going to be talking about uh, two movies with 10 in the title.
1: (laughs) Guess the movies. Just kidding. I think we talked about them.
0: (laughs) We kind of just decided last week that we were going to do. And because you had suggested that I needed to see... How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, because there's a lot of movies that you hadn't seen that were chick flicky. And I was watching a lot of your movies, so I was figuring you need to watch some of the movies I, you know, watched growing up.
0: And maybe I'll even bring in the clip from last week when I said I cannot differentiate How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days from 10 Things I Hate About You. To me, they were both just kind of Romance movies that I hadn't seen. The had They had the, they yeah. had the 10 uh, in the title. So we're hot off the viewing of 10 Things I Hate About You. And so we're just, we haven't had time to form any kind of reactions, really. This is just, you know, this is just raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know that if I had it to do over again, I would necessarily pick those two movies to pair
1: yeah, with they, each other. They weren't, they, yeah, I don't know. Yeah.
0: If they have that much in common, but we'll talk about maybe what they do have in common. We maybe talk about what they would pair well with. Right, yeah. Um, but I, I think there's some similarities. Yeah. Uh, at least. So it's kind mm. of a fun kind of a fun jumping off point.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
0: yeah. uh first movie was How to Lose the Eye in Ten Days.
1: Mm. Hi from Composure Magazine. Our resident how-to girl. I
0: want to write about things that matter. What are you working on now?
1: How to lose a guy in 10 days. I could start by dating a guy and then drive him away. Doing everything girls do wrong in relationships.
0: I can sell myself to any woman.
1: I'd like to see you prove that. You would. Make a woman fall in love with you. You're on. So who's the lucky girl? Her. Her who? Her in the gray dress. Hi. I'm Benjamin Berry. Andy Anderson. Oh, you are already
0: falling in love with me. I'm
1: going to make you wish you were dead.
0: The uh, classic romantic leads leaning up against one another on the cover (laughs) poster for this movie. Mm -hmm. So this is a... With some uh,
1: enhancements. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, yeah, offense, they do. Keith they Hudson. do. Uh,
0: they do. Well, you know, I want to say use the uh, archaic term airbrush, but they do Photoshop those posters, don't they? <laughs> they
1: sure do.
0: Well, <laughs> you know, there was a um, there was a thing. I remember when I think it was Your Highness maybe came out as a comedy with Danny bride and Natalie Portman was in it, oh. and they got flack for enhancing. Natalie Portman's figure <laughs> on, the, on the poster. Uh-huh. You think they did the same thing to Kate Hudson? I
1: think they did, because watching the movie, if anybody has seen that movie, that is one thing that you notice is not evident. Okay, we won't talk about her. Well. All
0: right, I mean, is this going to be where we start? We're just going to talk about the, <laughs> the, the Lee's assets.
1: <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> you know, they, they become at least a plot point in 10 Things I Hate About You. So they do, yeah, you know, oh, they do,
1: that's right, that's right, a Distraction, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. I mean, uh Matthew McConaughey uses them as a pillow, um after uh sleepless in Seattle, so there's that,
0: well, and he also
1: not much of a pillow there,
0: well, he gets to show his stuff as well, so there's there's a little bit of eye candy for the fairer sex in. Okay, well, let's well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> how to so how to lose a guy in ten days is a, a romantic comedy that uh, from two thousand and three, um, and it is I'm going to look up real quick. Yeah. Uh, because I think this is somewhat interesting. The uh, the credits here. So it's directed by a guy called Donald Petrie, and his. Some of his other credits include directing *Miscongeniality*.
1: Congeniality. Oh, love that one. Good one.
0: As well as the Lindsay Lohan vehicle, Just My Luck.
1: I haven't seen it.
0: Uh, and then Richie Rich, Grumpy Old Men. So a few 90s comedies mm-hmm. and or 2000s comedies um, under his belt. This one, I guess, is based on a book because there are two authors credited as having written the book. Um, that's Michelle Alexander and uh Jeannie Long. And then there are three credited screenplay writers. Um, and their other credit is having written 102 Dalmatians. What? <laughs> you know, the live action so the from the director of Miscongeniality and the writers of 102 <laughs> Dalmatians comes How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, uh-huh. a story about two high-powered career individuals. In New York City, who through a kind of double blind situation uh, meet and I don't think it's spoiling anything to say fall in love. But uh, so we have um, Kate Hudson stars playing Andy Anderson, Mm -hmm. a writer for a magazine that is basically Cosmopolitan magazine. Composer. Composer, Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. And she has a column And she wants to. No, you can. You can feel free to Mm. augment what I'm trying to say. Um, No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) I got that. She uh, wants to. She wants to be a serious writer. She, Mm -hmm. as the movie opens, she's writing something about world events. She's Mm -hmm. writing about the events in Tajikistan or something Mm -hmm. like
1: that. How to bring peace? Yep.
0: But all, of course, the magazine is interested in is beauty tips and sex tips Mm -hmm. and basically. Basically, you know, BuzzFeed before there was BuzzFeed. Mm. Um, And then we have Catherine Hahn, who plays one of her friends and coworkers, who, as the film opens, is so distraught over having lost a guy that she was seeing for about a week that she can barely make it to the staff meeting. And so there's an intervention that uh, two of the characters have uh, for her. And so it comes out that this friend... Is clingy and over-emotional, and she says, I love you on like the second date, and she does all these things that are wrong in relationships. So as they're having this pitch meeting, which is like a you know Zen yoga session or something, that uh Andy Hudson pitches this idea that she will take a cue from her friend, she will write a column about all the things that women do wrong in relationships, and that but the twist is she'll actually go and begin to date a guy and then actually do these things to him to drive him away. And that's going to be the experiment. That's going to be the article. So then we have, uh, Matthew McConaughey across town. And this is, this is Matthew McConaughey in the made in Manhattan era, right? This is before oh, wedding,
1: he, wedding planner. Oh, yeah, that's, Oh, true. was it, was it wedding planner? He was a wedding planner. He was the doctor. Oh, who's in made in Manhattan? Uh, also J Lo.
0: That's two more that I get confused. I but I
1: don't know if he's in it or not, but I do remember him from Wedding Planner. Okay. Or I've, one movie he's separating that yeah, I'm sure,
0: it's got to be Wedding Planner.
1: Yeah, it, I mean he's definitely in Wedding Planner.
0: Uh yeah, it was actually uh, Ralph Fiennes in Made in Manhattan. How
1: yeah.
0: did I mix mm-hmm. that up. How? How did I How Um you? so we have McConaughey uh and he is uh, an advertising exec and he's trying to get a big uh diamond account and so he
1: it makes so much sense
0: <laughs> yeah it makes because well, like his, his his company's focused on like sports and they saying baseball and beer from. or something yeah. like that or basketball and beer
1: he wanted to swerve into the diamond industry
0: exactly because it's lucrative right mm-hmm. so uh he just he gets this idea, and he's he's bidding against it from like these two women that are
1: also uh, working in the same company as him, and they want it though
0: right they want it, and they think that they're best suited to do it because they are women and they know what women want, and he's like, I know what women want, mm-hmm. and so he ends up in this very unlikely scenario in which like the head of his company uh decides to grant him the account if he can as he claims make a woman fall in love with him. In ten days, thus proving that he has the, you know, savoir faire to, or the the know how to market this campaign. Which okay, obviously completely ludicrous would never happen. But here's what this is what this is the setup. So then our meat cute is so so now we have two characters each with a an ulterior motive. The women who are kind of a, you know working against him at this company have, they found out about Andy's article. She happens to be at the same party. So they, knowing that she's going to dump whoever she dates next in 10 days, um, and they pick her out as his target. And so they think they've won because she's an impossible catch, essentially. And thus, the two hapless, beautiful, powerful people go off together to be rid of one another.
1: And they're basically in, in this position where it's like an endless circle and one's not going to dump the other and one won't give up. So basically that's what it's all about.
0: Exactly. That's, that's the setup and you can probably imagine how it goes. So before we go any further with that, uh, Amanda, you had initially said this was, this was a you movie This yeah. was something that you wanted me to mm-hmm. watch. So what's your history with this and, uh, what, uh, you know, maybe why was it something that you wanted me to see?
1: Um. So I don't remember exactly when I saw it. What did when did we say that the maybe what two thousand three? Did we say two thousand three? Yeah. Okay. So what I was in middle school. I was in middle school, right? I was in middle school. Um. So I just remember. You say you where? I believe you. I i am numbers are hard. Um. I was in middle school and I remember really loving this movie. Um. I think Chelsea. I don't know. She probably watched it. My sister. And um, I just thought it was kind of clever, all the things in it. And the reason why I like this movie, compared to other movies, um, Chick Flicky, is it's it's not really cheesy, like the kind of cheese that you see in Hallmark movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like I was telling you after we watched it, um, I, I feel like watching that movie, I was like, I want to be like Andy Anderson. Like, I don't want to care what anyone thinks and i care about my friends and um so i just thought it was funny that she was just doing everything she could to get rid of this guy even though you know it's kind of exaggerated but you know there are there are women out there that do that apparently um there are i I said apparently (laughs) (laughs) i can't i can't name any names but you know they have to exaggerate it for the movies but i just remember thinking that With it being this movie, Um, them coming together and then the part where they fall in love, which is basically at his parents' house when Mm. she does. Well, they both do.
0: Once again, this is a spoiler podcast, so we are going to talk about (laughs) Uh the end of the movie. If you are concerned that on either of these uh, romance films that we're talking about that the two highest billed actors would not get together, then uh, please... Uh, close your ears and or go watch the movies. Just in case time. you
1: haven't seen it in the past 17 years, <laughs> which is highly unlikely. Oh, wait, except for you. Okay. But, I, you know,
0: here I am <laughs> having just watched both of these for the first time. So it, <laughs> everyone can't download all the movies into their brain.
1: Right. Yeah. And I um and I just really loved that because I was like, it's so genuine for a movie. Um, and yeah, so I just really liked it. And I loved the part at the end when they sing the song to each other and whenever I hear you're so vain, I think of how to lose a guy. So,
0: okay. So yeah, music is a big part.
1: There's always the music. There's always, um, the songs that pop up in my head and, um, can relate them to a movie and that maybe that's the song I relate to that.
0: So what, what are some of the things that we talked about right after the viewing? Cause I feel like we had a, we had a pretty conversation about this.
1: I know I was trying to remember cause all I can think about is, uh, the ten things I hate about you. We were talking about how um, you know, how movies can be cliche and we can predict what's gonna happen. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. The kind of the predictability, the 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 structure. I mean you, you expect when you go into a genre movie. and uh, in this case, you know, romantic comedy or chick flick is, is you know, as a genre. It has beats that it more or less adheres to, and that is part of the appeal. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not necessarily a It's, it's a,
1: comforting knowing the ending for me. I mean, I'm I'm a six, I know. Um there's some enneagram in there. Um so I I feel like I'm secure in knowing like okay, this is um I know it's going to happen at the end most likely, but then, you know, maybe it's like La La Land where things happen at the end that are not my favorite because I want, you know, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling to be together. They're characters but um, yeah. So it's it's just really comforting and with chick flicks when you know they're going to end up together,
0: right? And and there's never really again. I feel like there's not really any doubt about that. Mm-hmm. You, they're on the cover. You know who they are. Uh, so the, it's not about questioning the outcome. It's it's always about the journey, right? How you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. But this obviously can be sometimes challenging for people who, uh, you know, maybe aren't as charmed by that whole idea. And so they're looking for something to kind of sink their teeth into. AKA you. (laughs) AKA me. Well, right. So, but again, I'm trying to meet this movie where it is. And so I'm not going to, I'm not going to lambast it for being what it is, which is it's, you know, it's fitting into this, um, this kind of mold. And I think that the kind of, you know, madcap premise of it could easily, it easily reminds me of some older Hollywood, screwball like Mm -hmm. those kind of comedies like I could almost see uh, I could almost see Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant in these roles and having the same kind of setup and doing a you know in a uh, bringing up baby era you know comedy where it's just or it's about the situation right and it's about the you've got a scenario and then all this kind of zany things play out within within the scenario and the point is not to be you know to show you something about human behavior. The point is just to make you laugh.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, to, and to maybe, oh, you know, you feel good at the end because... And so I think in terms of being a feel-good movie, it, it's more or less successful. And I think the way that it, that's partially because it resolutely keeps a very, very light tone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, there's always the part in any movie like this where, you know, one, or in this case, both characters have a secret and they are, you know, kind of manipulating the other person, there's always a time when that comes to light Mm -hmm. and the relationship is then strained or broken uh, in the middle there. And you could play that for pathos and everybody could kind of feel really bad about it for a minute, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't really do that, but I think it's to their credit because that's not the kind of movie that they're going for. They're going for Again, this is all just like super fun, like pastry light. And uh, so by maintaining that tone, I think they they give the audience what they're looking for.
1: Yeah. Like I was saying about the the cheese factor and the believability. Like at the end, it wasn't like, let's get married. It's like he finds her in the taxi um, on his motorcycle, which, okay, that's, yeah. Um, And then they decide... uh, to probably be together and date. So it's not like, okay, we're just, you know, all of our problems are solved. So I was like, oh, that's nice. It was a good ending. I liked it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I found the ending, honestly, to be probably one of the weakest parts for me. I'm Um, not
1: saying a good ending in that way. I'm saying it's good as in I believed it versus someone saying, let's get married now.
0: Oh, okay. It wasn't as... uh, The step that they were taking in their relationship was... Reasonable at that right, point, right? Right. Yeah, that's
1: what I mean by it was. It was a good ending, as in, okay, I can get on board with this. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's what. Here's what I thought, and to see, see if you agree. I felt like, despite the fact that, again, like we said, both characters are kind of playing the other person, and really, they're both. They both have a, an economic, reason, motivation behind what they're doing. Right. They're both doing it for their career. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah. she's trying to get a column that she wants. He's trying to get an account. So in this case, uh, you know, love is a step on the road to career fulfillment. It's a very capitalist movie. Mm. Um, but okay, anyway, so but anyway, they're both manipulating the other person. I feel like McConaughey's character comes off more innocent and like more of the victim of what Andy's doing versus the other way around, just in terms of the way that it's presented in the movie. What do you think?
1: That he's the one that we should feel sorry for in the end.
0: Well, maybe not in the end, but I think throughout most of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because she's, she's going at him hard. And of course, like him with his guy friends, they're like, man, she's, she's crazy. And then her girlfriends that know what's going on is laugh. They're laughing and saying like, what are you going to do next? But for him, he just has to, like, woo her. So really, in the end, she feels more slighted because it's like, oh, I thought you really loved me. But then it's like, hey, you were playing the games the whole time. You can't switch it up. But, um, yeah, so I could see him being the victim. But
0: he just has to grit and bear it yeah. because he's got no other choice. So he seems almost extraordinarily... Unmoved by a lot of the things that she does, yeah,
1: which bringing it to at what point would you have stopped? would you have been like this is this is too much which scene
0: right right, because it it stands to reason that any person who was not did not have like an outside reason to stick with this person would surely have i mean the the how to lose a guy would have worked right they, he would have gone running um and Yeah. So that's the question. Yeah. What, at what point would he have driven her away? Or at what point would I be driven away by those, those actions? Right. Like, yeah, I think the, obviously it's not the, it's not the soda scene, right? Because that's just, she's just ramping up at that point. Oh, at the basketball game? Would to go get a soda at the basketball game?
1: But would you have even been at a basketball game?
0: (laughs) Well, I don't know. Imagine it's something else. Imagine it's uh, a concert and it's the last song or something.
1: All right, that's true. Okay.
0: But uh, oh, so what? And what? What's the next thing after that? Is the well
1: before the well?
0: Oh, the vegan thing
1: was the was the Jets, Was it wait? Was it the jets? What? Um, though the Knicks. Wow, the Jets. Where did that yeah, the come Knicks from? New York is the Knicks. Thinking of pizza. Um, no, the Knicks. Um, was that the first date? I think that was our first date. No, well he picked her up at the bar. Then they went home.
0: Oh yeah yeah yeah, they have their
1: they so have So she little... didn't really do anything cuz she was like I'm going to I'm going to start this. Um right. I'm going to lay the bait and then let him. But then he tried to be all cool and not going after her. Um yeah, so I I guess the Knicks game. But I think she was I think she was cool the first time cuz there were two Knicks games. Nope, well, I'm uh-huh. just saying
0: there was the one where Right at the end, she has him go get the drink, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I'm saying, you could probably you could probably ignore that at first. Yeah. Right. Especially in a new, new relationship. You're gonna give it some you're gonna give it some wiggle room. Mm-hmm. But I think by the time she doesn't tell him that she's vegan until after she's refusing to eat the lamb that he made uh, for her, and she's like putting stuff all over his apartment. I think at that point she's not getting asked back.
1: Yeah. No. Definitely after cooking that delicious looking meal.
0: And it's different, too, that, you know, if you're supposed to be, if you're like McConaughey, you're supposed to be a lady killer, you know, then he's like, oh, you know, I don't have to deal with this. I can go find somebody else. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe us normal people don't have that luxury, but, was, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, the, obviously, the the presuming to, I know I like to talk to his mother and stuff. I think all that ha- kind of happens at the same yeah, time. Yeah, that, that,
1: that was a little much. I was like, how did she get her number? But, you know.
0: At that point, there's boundaries that are being crossed, mm. I think, that. You would want to, either either you're going to have a conversation about this stuff or you're going to, she's going to take a hike.
1: But nobody wants to watch a movie about a conversation where people make amends. (laughs) That's no fun. I
0: mean, there are those movies. I think they're called. Marriage uh,
1: Story. Oh, wait, they didn't have conversations. Before
0: Sunset and before, the, the whole Before trilogy from Linklater is kind of that. It's basically one long conversation for three movies.
1: That doesn't sound great.
0: It's better than you think. Well, I actually haven't seen all of them. I saw the first one and it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But, uh yeah, so and this is not that kind of movie. It's a, it's not it's a stunt movie, you know, where again, it's all about the the high wire premise.
1: What was your favorite thing that she did to drive him crazy if you had one?
0: My favorite thing?
1: Yeah, like what it, what did you think was the funniest thing that she did? Not even thinking about if this was done to you. Just
0: well, I mean, I guess the funniest thing is probably the naming of his...
1: Uh, <laughs> Princess Sophia or was it Gron- Gronk? No.
0: But see, so now you're Cru- getting...
1: Cruel. Cruel.
0: crawl, uh, Krull.
1: Krull, that Krull. That's what it was.
0: Yeah. But see, that hits at the heart of what didn't work for me in the movie is because I just don't think it's funny. Like, oh. I don't think any of it was really very funny or honestly that creative. And that this is <laughs> where this is where my problem is, because um, in the version that I'm imagining in this classic Hollywood screwball, mm. there would be a lot of really like witty repartee and you know, kind of jokes and insults going back and forth and people making passive aggressive comments to each other and, you know, kind of having some sort of a madcap uh, scenario that happens. And I feel like none of that really happens. It kind of stays really like there's just not, like there's, really, there's not that much imagination. I
1: feel like it was really innocent. Like and I was going to say, that's also one thing that I like about that movie and also the 10 things I hate about you. Mm-hmm. Um And I mean, maybe because it was made in 2003. I don't know. But they didn't show, they weren't, like, basing things around, like, a sex scene, or they weren't, I don't know, they just made it, they, I guess they made it kind of light, like, things that people could relate to, like, would you feel that way if your member <laughs> was named Croll <laughs> or Princess Sophia? Mm-hmm. Hey, I remembered it after all these years. That's, like, the one thing I remember from this movie. <laughs> little pig, little pig, we don't know, we will find out. <laughs>
0: Right, so there's, there's bits in there where I think primarily Kate Hudson. Oh, and, oh, and to a greater extent, Catherine Hahn, who is a natural comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think maybe my favorite scene was probably the one with her at, pretending to be the a therapist? relationship therapist. Yeah, yeah. 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 That was good. Yeah. Uh, and so, but the, uh, but Hudson gives it a little bit of life. And we talked about her performance, which I think is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, primarily, well, because she is asked to do...
1: Oh, because you said we know, we could tell when.
0: We know that she's, well, we know because we're given the information. But mm-hmm. she's, We can tell from the performance when she's playing the part and when she is, you know, being Andy. Mm-hmm.
1: Because uh, of her eye rolls in the elevator. And just even the way
0: that she says certain things without conviction... Uh, you know, I, so I think that gives her something to play. And then when she has to kind of infantilize herself then you know, that that's not really supposed to be her character, mm-hmm. um, you know, doing the baby talk and yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, the baby voice. So she injects a little bit of kind of playfulness into those scenes. Um, McConaughey doesn't have a lot to work with. He's kind of
1: dull, actually.
0: And I think that's why you you know you see him in these movies. I think he you know he wasn't really respected by a lot of people as an actor then. I think now obviously he's an Oscar winner and right. he's taken yeah. a lot of more interesting roles in the past 15 years or so. Um but at this point, you know, being a stuff like this you can see why because
1: He took his shirt off in one of the first scenes. He took his shirt off scenes. in the first the very first, first, scene. Yeah, first scene. Yeah.
0: So he's like, "Okay, here's a guy with, you know, a chiseled chest who doesn't have a whole lot to offer." <laughs> Um, yeah, because I think, they, again, they don't really give him as much to play with as they do her because he, his deception doesn't require him to go and like step out and create scenarios the way it requires her to, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't have to crash her poker game. She, you know, that
1: he's just being himself. He's just doing what he would normally do. He's Probably just trying to, to be get charming
0: while putting up with, you know, her antics essentially.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So this was, uh, this was a New York movie. And then for Mm. the other 10 movie, 10 Things I Hate About You, we move over to the West Coast, which is set in, this is one set in Seattle.
1: There's a difference between like and love because I like my Skechers, but I love my Prada backpack.
0: Bianca Stratford is the most popular girl at Padua High. You're asking me out? I'm down. I've got the 411. And you are not going out and getting jiggy with some boy. I don't care how dope his ride is. Her sister, Kat, is something else entirely.
1: People perceive you as somewhat tempestuous. <laughs> Pain switch is the term used most often. The only thing they have in common... I am the only girl in school who's not
0: dating. Oh, no, you're
1: not. Your sister doesn't date. ...is one simple rule. Okay, you can date. When she does.
0: But she's a mutant. What if she never dates?
1: Then you'll never date. Oh, I like that. For Cameron, no one will go out with her. It's a problem. Would any of you be interested in dating Katarina Stratford?
0: (laughs) Maybe if we were the last two people alive and there were no goats. Are there goats? (laughs) Patrick.
1: And what about him? I heard he ate a live duck once. Everything but the beak and feet. It's a challenge.
0: So you two are going to help me tame the wild beast? Absolutely. And for Cat. Cat! It's about time. Come on, think about it. Me with my arm around you.
1: You covered in my vomit. I'd like to discuss tomorrow night with you. Now, as you know, it's the prom.
0: And Again, I well, <laughs> uh, in setting up this pairing, I really did not know anything about this movie going in. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was a question you were going to ask, but I'll just tell you up front. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really know. Any, the only thing I knew about it was that the publicized scene in which Heath Ledger does the song on the bleachers. Mm-hmm. That was. What, I think that's what people kind of know about. It. That's like the one scene that if the people used to kind of represent that movie. So that's what I had probably seen that scene at some point, mm-hmm. but I didn't know anything else about the movie. I didn't know it was, I guess I should have known if I had thought about that scene, I would have realized it. Uh, I, I guess I didn't realize it was a high school movie. Oh yeah. So yeah. as we were starting it, I was like this, well, I'll get to that in a minute. So 10 things I hate about you is, uh, the story of a girl played by, uh, Julia styles styles. Um, she of Save the Last Dance fame, mm-hmm. uh, who is... And the Prince of Me. <laughs> oh, and Prince of Me. I yeah. forgot about that one. Yeah. She is a... Not the not your typical high schooler, I suppose, in that she is... I don't know. I guess there's a... She's a badass, There's a type, basically. essentially.
1: She's not the average um, girl because in the opening scene, she pulls up in her car listening to... give a damn by my bat. Wait, I forgot it.
0: (laughs) You were were right there. You were right there with it. The Joan Jett, yeah. yeah. She's a punk rocker. She's a feminist. She's very smart. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't take guff from anybody. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't fall over herself trying to get with cute boys at school. Mm -hmm. She's she's, her own person, self-directed. And she doesn't have a boyfriend. She doesn't want one. She's not interested in the relatively shallow representation of the male species that she finds at her high school so but she has a younger sister her younger sister is not necessarily cut from the same mold when we meet her she is talking as uh david krumboldt's character puts it vapidly about or vapidly how do you say that word vapid i thought anyway about her prada purse and Mm. all this she is basically like the clueless character oh yeah she even has the token black best friend.
1: Mm-hmm, she does.
0: And so her, so they're, then their sisters and the dad doesn't want the younger one to date anyone. And so he says, you can, you can date when your older sister dates, uh, knowing that she has no interest in such things and trying to, you know, obviously as dads do, try to protect their daughters as long as possible. So then we have uh, a new kid at the school played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Quite Love. young Joseph Gordon Levitt
1: mm-hmm.
0: who immediately is smitten by what's her name? Gabriel, is it? Gabriel? Bianca. Bianca. I don't know why I got Gabriel. Yeah,
1: I, I, I've forgotten a lot of their names actually. I don't even remember Julia Styles. Wait, it's Cat. Okay. Cat.
0: He's immediately smitten with Bianca and he and his uh and his new friend David Bavan. <laughs> devise a plan by which they want to get the older sister cat to date someone so that bianca will be on the
1: on the, on the market she can go out yeah
0: yeah uh but they know that due to cat's harshness it's not going to be easy to get her with someone and they identify is it, is he also a newcomer i guess the i, the, I think the, bro- I think the so. brooding hunk loner Played by Heath Ledger.
1: RIP. We miss you.
0: RIP Heath Ledger. Mm. Uh, so they, they basically pick him out and say, this is the guy that's going to do it. And there's another guy. Joey. Joey. Thank you. Joey. Who is a sleaze bag, And he also wants to go with Bianca. He's got some money. So they basically kind of use him to say, hey, pay Ledger.
1: Uh, yeah, I actually never caught his name. Isn't that crazy? Do you remember it? Who, who knows? What? I'm really
0: bad with character names. Heath. Yeah, they. So he said, if you pay Heath Ledger to <laughs> take Cat out, then that way we can get with Bianca. Bianca. And so the two guys are basically kind of fighting over her. And so Ledger, believing that he is, you know, suave and capable and all that. Uh, goes after her, but of course, doesn't go the way that he thinks.
1: And of course, all the predictable things. Except, I was trying to think of what other movie. So I mean, the, but
0: here, so here, here's the here's the connection, right? Mm-hmm. That we in both movies, mm-hmm. you have someone who has a monetary motivation, mm-hmm. a commercial motivation for seeking out the woman, not because he finds her interesting or Mm -hmm. worthwhile or even beautiful. He just, you know, "Ah, I want to make some coin. So he said, and and he's uh, self-centered enough to think that just by going after he can necessarily make her fall for him. Yeah. I was
1: wondering, what do you think his, I mean, yes, that motivation, but I also wondered if it was because as men, they like challenges. So he's like, I can, you know, first he's like, this is, this is too much for me. You guys can find someone else. And then I think he probably thinks everybody sees him as the one who went to jail or ate a duck <laughs> or whatever. And then he's like, well, what do I have to lose? You know, because you're like, you couldn't pay me to do that. But
0: yeah, I suppose yeah. I, I think there's a there's a stereotype of a of a man as someone who, well, like you said, wants to, um, you know,
1: they want pursue. the chase. They want, yeah,
0: the yeah, the, the idea that that, that a man uh, wants to to chase a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and the, well, I,
1: basically, what it but this this movie starts out with the reason why they want to date these sisters is because Joey wants to nail her on promise. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what he says. So I it was a conversation with one of his bros, and he was like, "Oh, the virgins," and so he's like, "You know, her," and so it wasn't even. I mean, he wasn't even like, oh, I'm I'm smitten. It's like, no, I'm just going to do her. Which, you know, leads us to Kat sharing with her sister later on that she actually slept with him.
0: I mean, I think Ledger and McConaughey are both maybe guys that represent a certain, like guys want to be them, right? Mm-hmm. Because, okay, well, they're one in one case he's you know has you know wealth and influence in the other case he's just a hunk, but uh you know well you you would wanna be the guy who is able to go and pick up any girl that he wants to you know so there's a little bit of a, of a fantasy there for the for the men mm-hmm. um if you're a man watching this <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I was gonna say I feel like not so much, I felt more like I wanted to be like Andy, you know, smart and successful versus like Kat, which she's smart and, you know, she's just kind of bitchy a little bit. So
0: Mm -hmm. now you had seen this one before as well, but it's been a long time.
1: It's been a long time. And I feel like I was able to enjoy it, like watching it for the first time. And both of these movies are movies I would, I would rewatch. Cause a lot of times I like to just watch movies one time unless i like it like i could watch emperor's new groove any day but yeah these movies i, I also
0: like to watch movies one time unless i like it i don't like to rewatch movies i didn't uh, like
1: well yeah i i don't like to rewatch movies that i'm just satisfied with so makes sense yeah
0: were you satisfied with this one
1: yes but like i said if somebody was like i've never seen this movie well Maybe, maybe, um, how to lose a guy in 10 days. It's, it's kind of closer to my heart because I feel like I grew up and I watched that maybe probably when it came out. I mean, not in the theaters, but, you know, early on. But, um, I feel like I watched 10 things I Hate about you later on in life. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so maybe that's, that's, that has something to do with it.
0: I obviously watched Nostalgia. them both later in life.
1: And which one would you rewatch again?
0: Okay. Well, Uh, yeah. So I found how to lose a guy. No, 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 I can't. Again, I'm never going to get these titles right.
1: We'll say 10 things I hate or how to lose 10.
0: And also let's say it's, they barely mention. they don't really say the title, but she gives that, she does that poem,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. which I guess is where they get the title from, where she says, I hate this and I hate that about you or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I'll bet if I looked into it, and I, again, I just came off this. I, I'll bet this is one of those Shakespeare, loose timmy Taming of the Shrew. I, that's what it is, it, right? Yeah.
1: They even said that, I think, in the movie. Because I was wondering which.
0: Because they got that whole bit in there about yeah, Shakespeare, right? And the girl that loves Shakespeare.
1: Yeah. It's Taming of the Shrew. Mm-hmm. It's got to be. She's the Shrew.
0: So really, the the best pairing that we should have done with this is Clueless this would have been a really good double bill with clueless because both of those are high school stories that are based on literature. What is
1: clueless based on?
0: uh, Very, very loosely based on Emma by Jane Austen. I know it's not Shakespeare, but you know, mm -hmm. again, it's, it's not, it's a high school movie that has Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit higher uh, aspirations. Um, Those, those would have been good. That would have been a good double. We'll do better
1: Um, with our next pairing.
0: Well, I, mean, I think it's interesting anyway, but no, I, I found uh, Ten Things I Hate About You to be actually much, much better. Mm-hmm. Um, sharper, funnier, mm-hmm. and surprisingly, because uh the director has much less of a pedigree. I didn't there wasn't really anything else notable on his resume. Uh the Ten Things I Hate About You was directed by a guy named Gil Junger. And I think sometimes these These genre movies are just, they're just, you know, gigs for a working man uh, in terms of directing. But uh, he's he's really got nothing else notable that he's done. So, but I found 10 Things to be actually very, pretty cleverly directed (laughs) and fairly savvy in a lot of the ways. At, At very least, much more apt to use the language of film to its advantage versus... I Lose a Guy in 10 Days, which I don't think I had a... There was a single memorable shot in it. No.
1: Uh-uh. Whereas
0: even when we were watching this one, you were like, oh, that's a cool shot. The one where yeah, they're looking the up flyers and the poster coming down. Yeah. But there was quite a lot of it. There was quite a lot of
1: the, the camera band.
0: panning to reveal information mm-hmm. of... His favorite shot in this one is... Um, a two shot where the characters are looking at each other, talking on either side of the screen, and something is happening between them in the background. He uses that quite a bit.
1: At the dance. Oh.
0: Well, for example, um, think of the one where um, they're doing archery. And oh
1: yeah. So he
0: comes up That's... to her. She's got the she's got the bow <laughs> yeah. right back, and then as she turns to look at him, she shoots off screen. Mm-hmm the um, The camera turns so that then she 's having a conversation with another person in front of her, and in between them is the coach down on the ground with a arrow <laughs> yeah a uh-huh. um, that sort of thing he does quite a bit mm-hmm. um, there's you know there's rack focuses there's just a, there's a lot more going on in the direction, and I think that it it's being used in either to give us information or sometimes to set up a joke. Um, speaking of jokes, there's a lot of jokes and mm-hmm. they're pretty funny. They are. Like I was laughing yeah. within the first couple of minutes. I know.
1: Yeah, I definitely. I would say this is the better movie. I mean, like I said, I liked uh, "How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days," but it's just this one was just really. What when was it made? It, I mean, was it it's in the earlier?
0: It's ninety nine. I think.
1: Yeah, nineties. I was like, this is a good nineties, feel good nineties, maybe. Mm-hmm. The one thing I will
0: say about this one is the. For, for my relative praise of the direction, the thing that got me, and I, I guess I complain about this a lot because I was complaining about it about Gospel Girl the other night. What? Is the way that the, <laughs> way that the music was overused mm. um, or used kind of ham-fistedly to give you the exact feeling of the scene and kind of cover up the transition. Mm. Like think about the moment where uh, she basically refuses to hear him out and leaves the prom. Yeah. and that moment and we which and the the transition is from that to her sitting on the porch later of the next uh. day i think um, yeah, that was and that's covered abrupt. with this song that says something like even an angel falls or I don't know. So like, it's just really kind of on the nose, like way to kind of read that scene. So there was some, I think maybe just over eagerness in the, in the music, but the script again, is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. There, this, immediately you're in with Allison Janney playing this school guidance <laughs> yes. counselor uh. who's writing a, an erotic novel mm-hmm. or something behind her desk. Mm-hmm. Um, and go back and forth with that. So, a lot okay. of that stuff was, I thought pretty, pretty funny. Yeah. A lot of stuff Krumholtz was doing um, was pretty sharp. So I, I found it to be much more consistently entertaining and much more kind of just um, like comprehensively. Uh, and maybe that's because it's based on a book and maybe they took a lot of that out of the... You know, maybe I'd be interested to see how much... Actually, wait a minute. No, we just said... Again, I'm getting confused. Taming we of the Shrew. We, well, we, no, we said that this was... this. They, they credit Taming of the Shrew, but it, so I, I got that confused. They credit Taming of the Shrew, but it looks like it's just a screenplay. And... Uh, written by a couple of women, Karen McCullough and Kirsten Smith. Maybe that tells you something about why the cat character is, you know, kind of so well-developed.
1: Yeah, she, she was good. It was in the very beginning. And you know how I, um, a few things that define my favorite movies are if they can make me feel things. And this movie made me tear up when she read the poem, but maybe it's because she started crying a little bit. She did. But I do enjoy that. But
0: that was a good moment.
1: It was a great moment. And then when he bought her the guitar with, you know, extra cash lying around from a jerk. <laughs> from a jerk. Yeah, yeah. Joey the jerk.
0: Yeah, again, that, uh, that Fender Strat reminded me of the one that uh, Wayne picks up and plays in Wayne's World. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's something iconic about the white Fender Strat. So what was your favorite thing about this one? Uh, or did you already tell me? Was it the part where she cries?
1: No. No. Um I mean I I really I do love the part when um when he's singing on the bleachers but also well the part when she gets him out of detention was good.
0: Oh yeah, that was when funny.
1: she <laughs> flashes the teacher. Um but I actually I really like um I like the part where they were playing throw the paintball. <laughs> not even paint paintball just little satchels with um you know balls of paint i don't know i like all of it yeah i did like the bleachers one it was nice but um i did like the part with the paintball because then that's when they like you know start to fall in love and Mm -hmm. they ask questions about each other you know cute stuff
0: and if there's anyone who likes asking questions about each other it's you
1: (laughs) it is me there's anyone who Hates answering the questions. Itchy. I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> oh, another thing these two movies have in common is they both have a blonde protagonist who is um, not highly developed.
1: That is true. <laughs> we're horrible. We are We laughing. can
0: say this because we're married. <laughs> yeah,
1: we, we can because we're married. Um, I mean, you can't help but notice. Yeah hashtag well, okay,
0: I would just say I thought it was funny how much of how to lose a guy you spent like basically just shaming her for not I, having boobs
1: I can't help it it was like no offense seriously but I just feel like they you know I just always remember that and I'm a little jerk but I just couldn't help it <laughs> I <laughs> it's because she wasn't wearing a bra like the whole time so anyway
0: this podcast is sponsored by <laughs> a local plastic surgeon. It should be. <laughs> Between these two movies, um which couple do you find more believable or which romance do you prefer in general?
1: Hmm. It's a good question. Wait, do you want me to answer the more believable?
0: Well, if they're not the same, then yeah, start with that one.
1: Okay. Um, well, maybe the, maybe the Andy and what, did we even say his name? It was it, ha, Benjamin, ben, Benjamin,
0: which was also
1: Bob something, it's Benjamin something. It was a BB and she's a an AA.
0: That's right. It was BB and AA. <laughs> good, good screenwriting there.
1: Yeah. Good screen. Um, maybe it could be them because they were both successful and you know they could have he could have picked her up at a bar probably maybe mm-hmm. i don't know but that was
0: one of the few things i thought was was fairly witty about that movie was their meet cute at mm-hmm. the bar which consists primarily of um, them exchanging single words
1: yes i did like that that's right i did um but i would say i mean for believable yeah but then um i liked the Julia Stiles and Heath Ledger's um, characters. Like, I like that couple just because, I mean, he tamed the shrew, But I it, would. It, it, <laughs> what? He, he tamed did. The he did. But I also just really love Heath Ledger, um, mostly because of uh, A Knight's Tale, which you watched for the first time with me, right? Didn't That's you? That's true, yeah. Yeah. Good movie. Maybe. Good movie. Maybe. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I love Heath. And his little smile, precious.
0: He kept well, his big smile. Oh yeah, it was little. Yeah. He kept doing this thing. Actually, I, I noticed it that he would constantly say something and then just like pop that smile. Yeah,
1: I was like, it was a little, it was a lot. But um, oh, I was asking you during the movie, did you get any Joker vibes? Because I feel like when he was running on the bleachers, because I feel like there's a part in um, the movie, like in where he's the Joker, where he's like running with his light, Dark Knight. Oh yeah, <laughs> The Dark Knight. I can't remember. Um oh yeah, because the Joker, the new movie is What's His Face?
0: Walking Phoenix. Yeah,
1: that one. Um, no one will ever be a better joker than Heath. But um yeah, where he's walk he's running around like that. But then you said what did you say? Oh, I
0: I said I I got the vibes <laughs> when he put that drill right through the kids' textbook.
1: <laughs> that's true. That's more of a yeah, that's true. That's more of a joker.
0: But looking back I think by the time or I think when it was announced that Heath Ledger was going to play the Joker in The Dark Knight, a lot of people were not super happy about that decision or didn't think it was a good decision. I think a lot of us that were uh skeptics, maybe hadn't seen enough Heath Ledger roles to make that connection. Because now knowing what we know, mm-hmm. you go back and look and you see that big wide smile. It's almost comic how oh. wide it is. And I, and the same thing when I don't know if you remember this, but he played Mel Gibson's son in The Patriot. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Oh and yeah, I forgot. There's one part I think he like has this mouth full of like, uh, it looks I don't know it's cherry or whatever it was. He has this like big red smile. Mm. I'm like, oh, that's almost like the Joker so right shadowing. there with the makeup. So, obviously, casting directors and people know more than we do in terms of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're watching out for it mm-hmm. since since 1999. Kidding. Um, but yeah, I like that couple better just because I I like how they can turn into, I mean, they, it's like they could bring out the true them because, um, they were saying at one point, um, she was saying like, tell me something true that nobody else knows because, um, in both cases, people were talking about, um, Heath and Julia saying like, oh, she's a bitch or he was in jail and he did all these crazy things. Like don't talk to him. And then the point when they got to um, come together and then it's like, they brought out basically the best sides of each other. So I like, I like that couple better.
0: And well, and really how to lose a guy is more of what would you consider like a traditional rom-com versus there's a little bit more going on in, in the other movie. It's more of a high school movie. It's not just about their relationship. It's mm-hmm. as much, almost as much about the tertiary characters. There's a lot more of an ensemble mm-hmm. cast going on with that one. I think. All right. Well, let's also say, um, pick a musical moment, whether the "You're So Vain" scene mm. duet or the "I Love Bleachers."
1: You, yeah. Um. Well, I've always. Love the You're So Vain, even though they didn't have great voices and, yeah, they're pretty tone deaf. Um, But I'd probably have to say, after watching this one tonight, The Bleachers, just because it made me laugh and it was good. I mean, the one in How to Lose a Guy was, it made me laugh as well. It did. That's
0: actually one of the only parts I did laugh at when he <laughs> when he started singing You Named My Penis.
1: Yeah. <laughs> true it's oh, it, it really good. It they made me feel like I'm
0: a thirty four year old Cinephile. I like dick jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: was, it was pretty, also I I think with that um, that maybe in that song, it kind of it kinda reminded me of us how we like to turn Actual songs into like we come up with our own lyrics and it just I was like they aren't doing a great job with that (laughs) but it's it's a good try and it you know it's hard to come up with things on the spot but that's true we're really good at it just saying maybe one day we can give you guys a taste of it maybe not okay
0: yeah we'll we'll introduce a a, um, (laughs) an improv segment to the show because you know all this is scripted but we'll do an improv yeah
1: exactly all this is. All of our pauses.
0: Okay. Where we just start singing.
1: Yeah, still working on this. Okay, whose hairstyle did you like the best of the guys?
0: <laughs> Wait, just the two leads or like anybody in the two movies? Two leads. Okay. Well, I mean, it. I, 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 okay. It's <laughs> uh, it's gotta be Heath.
1: Yeah, it's gotta be Heath. Like that. There's Whenever, an example. When, okay.
0: <laughs> whatever McConaughey has going for him, it's not the hair.
1: Mm. It's probably the bod. Or <laughs> the penis? <laughs> okay, too much. <laughs> the hair, the bod. <laughs> You're staring at a it! Dim- okay. What, what can, can I say? say? <laughs> we You're welcome.
0: And it's just become the podcast no one listens to. <laughs> yeah. ah! Okay.
1: Um or, oh oh another another thing. Um in Ten Things I Hate. Um the dad. Well, we didn't really talk about the dad, the character of the dad. Yeah. Um which, you know, it's that's a that's a big part in the movie, not a huge part, but you know, he doesn't want his daughters to date and um do you I mean, they said brief things about the mom leaving, but do you think that he didn't want his daughters to date because he didn't want them to, you know, feel like They would get attached to somebody, or I mean, he was an OB, and he uh, didn't want them to have babies, basically.
0: Well, no, you know, I think actually that's one of the another thing that I think is fairly gracefully handled Mm -hmm. in this compared to how it might have been, Mm -hmm. which is the absence of the mom Mm -hmm. and how it, in some ways, subtly drives the actions of those three characters Mm
1: -hmm.
0: because you you don't find out. Well, I don't remember how when you find out. I feel like it's not spoken until a little while in the first. The first time I remember noticing it was when Bianca puts on the necklace, and then the two girls have this confrontation about yeah. her putting on the necklace. And she says, "You know, oh, he's, she's not going to come back and get it, right?" Mm-hmm. And then we kind of say, "Okay, the mom has the mom has left." Or at that point, I think I thought she had died, but it turned out yeah. she's just, she turned out she left, right? Yeah,
1: which is why they're probably angry. Or
0: well, yeah. it explains a lot about. Cat's character. Yeah. And I feel like both of the daughters are dealing with it differently. And maybe part of the overprotectiveness of the father, despite being, I mean, that's fairly universal and something you see a lot of the overprotective father is is such a is kind of a cliche. Um, but maybe uh pushed forward by the fact that you know he doesn't want his daughters to also leave him.
1: Uh, And he, you know, he
0: doesn't want her to go to school on the other coast, because mm-hmm. that's another one of his, you know, family members that's going away. Right. And he even says, and it's a little bit, again, it's not the same thing as the wife, but, like, um, he says, you know, I'm becoming a spectator,
1: mm-hmm. like, in your life,
0: and then if you go away, then I don't even have, I don't even have seats. You know, I, I mm-hmm. can't even watch the show. Yeah. So I think partially that's what's, you know, in a way driving all of their uh, choices.
1: hmm Yeah. Anyway, just want to chat about him.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, again, it's a funny character, and I think some of the some of the jokes there are written pretty well. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not just the shotgun wielding dad cliche. Mm-hmm.
1: There are so, some satisfying scenes with like, um, him like shutting the door in Joey's face, mm-hmm, and also funny. well, and also Joey getting punched by Bianca, but um, get what's coming to him. So,
0: which just shows you you can take as old of a formula as you want but if you write it in a fresh way then it feels fresh. Like it is, if it's you know we're talking about rom-com formulas we're oh, talking about mm-hmm. high school movie formulas like I mean uh, there's nothing more formulaic than the high school movie where the high school's full of clicks and you know exactly who and that's why when they're walking through the courtyard and pointing mm, out all the clicks mm-hmm. and stuff I'm like oh, this is just like in Clueless and just like in Heather's and and you know. just
1: like in Our Lips Are Sealed Mary-Kate and Ashley
0: <laughs> and a hundred others, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, uh, you can you can write it in a way that's that's perfunctory, or you can write it in a way that is you know uh, that is clever, or that feels lived in, or that at least gives you some good jokes.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm
0: going to ask you to to rate them rate these movies. Okay. Give them or give them a rating out of. I think of a clever rating system to do.
1: Oh, because you used. Um... Bugs for the last one or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm. Fender, guitars, and diamonds.
0: Okay, sure. So, you rate how to lose a guy in 10 days out of five diamonds.
1: Five diamonds. Um... You know what? I'm going to give it... I'm really bad at rating. I would give it a... Well, maybe I'll give it a four. Did I do that last time? I liked it.
0: I mean, if you only have five options, you're going to reuse some of them.
1: Okay. But I feel like I can't rate the movies the same. Why not? I don't know.
0: Again, there's only...
1: 4.5. Okay,
0: well, maybe we don't need to rate it this way. If the, is it Maybe the rating system doesn't make sense out of five. Maybe we should say something like, I don't know. But So here, here's how I think about it, right? If you got if you got a five star system. Mm-hmm. Five stars is loved it. Four stars is uh you know liked it. Three stars is pretty good. Two stars not that great. One star pretty bad.
1: Okay, that makes me feel better cuz I feel like I have to make it like yeah. So
0: they can't all be unique.
1: Okay. Well, I'll just say five stars for both. Nice. Movies. Just
0: Straight all straight on across. So this this was this was a home run double.
1: Yeah, I'm really bad at I'm I'm bad at rating things. I, I'm indecisive. I well I would say uh Ten Things I Hate About You Ever had to Lose a Guy in Ten Days just because it was just a little better. Maybe because it was a nineties movie. Nostalgic.
0: There is something to that, isn't there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think going back and looking at it, it's almost like again, there's There's an uh, innocence and exuberance to those movies, especially the, you know, pre 9-11. I don't know.
1: How would you rate them?
0: Well, so, you know, I already said I preferred the 10 Things I Hate About You. Mm -hmm. I like that one a lot more. Um, It's a good script. And I think I would compare it maybe to some of the high school movies that are coming out today, like Lady Bird or, Mm. you know, mid 90s, like some of those that um, I I think it's got the quality to it. Um, in terms of the in terms of the writing, and again, I, I feel like I'm surprised by how well directed it was, given that this is somebody who hasn't really had a, much of a career in directing outside of this movie. But um, I would probably give it I probably give Ten Things um, a four out of five. Okay, and I would give How to Lose a Guy maybe maybe a two point
1: five. Oh, sad times.
0: I think I, I think watching it with you boosted the experience for me. Mm-hmm. I think I enjoyed it more just because we were watching it together and because we were joking about different things. And um, like I said, I think it does well at sustaining the tone that it wants to take. And I think that makes it enjoyable as kind of this, you know, confection, you know, feather light. Um, but especially thrown into contrast with this one, mm-hmm. I feel like it's not super well I know, it's kinda done. It's yeah. And I really just wish that if it's supposed to be a, a romantic comedy and not a romance, then it should be funnier. That's really what I would want from it.
1: I always want funnier from everything and everyone. Well, like it either, either funnier or like mouth way, way open,
0: more serious so that you really, wow. you know, you get the, like the romance of it, but I feel like I'm getting the romance almost as an afterthought and, They're Mm -hmm. trying to instead put me through these paces of these like, quote unquote, funny situations, but these weren't that funny.
1: Yeah, they weren't that funny. They're just memorable.
0: I'm not sure they're that memorable either, but... I was saying, for for me, I... Again, I didn't watch it when I was younger, so I'm just Exactly,
1: right. Mm -hmm.
0: All right, well, that's our show. Thanks again for listening to Scenes from a Marriage. And if you have some ideas about movies that we should cover or a segment that you'd like to hear on the show then drop us a comment uh, or like just text us because if you're listening to this, you're probably one of our friends. Or, or our
1: moms. <laughs> our moms.
0: Um, moms, sorry that we swore. Sorry. Um, we'll beep some of that out.
1: We'll bleep, bleep them.
0: <laughs> sorry I said dick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good one.
0: All right, until next time. <laughs> Good night, everybody. We're going to go sleep together. Good
1: night, because we're married. Okay.